Hello and welcome to another episode of the Who Teaks Roadshow, where tonight I'm joined by Doc Whom. Hello. Regular listeners will know Doc Whom through his turns co-hosting the Doctor Who show and also through the Diddly Dumb podcast. And I have him here tonight to talk on the Who Teaks Roadshow. Hello, Doc. Hello, Rob. It's such an exciting experience for me, managing to get to podcast with Rob Campari Irwin. (laughs) You know, that's not my middle name, although it is a very good guess. uh, I sort of guessed what your middle name was. I thought um, thought it would be less exciting. Yeah. I think the real real option is far less exciting than any of the alternatives that have been suggested on Facebook. For those of you who have stepped into this in-joke late, um, on Facebook I've posted a picture of uh, an old passport of mine and it cuts off my middle name a few a few letters in. And so uh, people, including Doc, have been having a lot of fun trying to guess what my middle name is. I think it's very obvious. I think most people have guessed it, but I think they're enjoying saying things like camembert and, and things of this nature. Was that, was that what Australian... What, um, was that the 80s? Uh, no, it was 91 that passport was issued. Is that what Australian hair was doing in those years? Yeah, it was... I had kind of a Morrissey thing going on during that year, um, and towards the end of the year it started to grow really long, so it got very Morrissey meets James Dean, where his hair's sort of a bit out of control. Oh, if only I could do it today, Doc. We won't go into that. Um, We'll talk about Hootiques, and specifically the Hootiques you've brought in for us tonight, which is... Doc, what's in the box? Well... You can keep your Dalek mania from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. For me, and children of my generation, the heyday of Doctor Who merchandising was the mid-70s. Ooh. 1975 to 1977. 75 was the year I was born. <laughs> That's really cheered me up. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Do go on. When retailing in the UK went Doctor Who promotion mad. Mm. And I was, I was going to say I was at the heart of it. I was actually at the heart of um, buying it. So um, <laughs> in 1975, Weetabix. Do you got Weetabix down there? Uh, we have Weetabix. It's the same sort of thing. Sort of very, very dry, crumbly rusk. Yes. Ho- horrible stuff. In a, in a yellow packet? Uh, no, ours is red and blue. And is oh, made you by. Just have to be different. <laughs> and is made by Sanitarium. Is yours by Sanitarium? You you don't buy food made by a company called Sanitarium. Do you? <laughs> yeah, Sanitarium. They they're, they're the Seventh Day Adventists, so they get all these tax breaks for being a religion and sell commercial products. It's a it's you know a win win. Anyway, do go. <laughs> what's that? We won't what, go down that what's route. That, what's that marketing slogan? Hygienic food. <laughs> Hygienic food for recovering patients. <laughs> <laughs> in 1975, Weetabix, which is one possibly one of the more prominent breakfast cereals over here in the UK, uh, ran a Doctor Who promotional offer, which sent every child, certainly in the playground of my school, insane with a giddy excitement. What you'd get is every time you bought a packet of, say, I don't know, 24 of these rusks, you get a packet of Doctor Who character cards, specially drawn and painted. 
by was it Gordon Archer, I think. I think so. Um, yeah. It used to say on the side of the package, as far as I if I can remember, um, Doctor Who promotional offer a Dalek in every packet. Whereas if they'd been more honest, they would actually have said a white robot in every packet because that seems to be the one I was getting all the time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say everyone was having visions that it was a, like a Dalek toy or something, perhaps, in every packet. But no, it's just on a card printed. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? They don't, I don't think they actually specified. Oh, if I'd, been slightly, if I'd been slightly more gullible, I could have fallen for that. Or litigious, you could have gone after them. Yeah, I might still do I don't know. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on promises of Daleks? <laughs> for me, there's no limitation. And you had, I think there was a set of 24 cards, um, stand-up figures, although I should emphasise we're using the word stand-up very loosely. Mm. Um, you used to have a little, like the bottom quarter inch of the card, you could tear off, it was perforated, and you'd bend it round into a sort of half circle and slot the card into it. It was very high-tech right, in yeah. those days. Yeah. And then each packet would, I can't remember if it was on the back of the packet or on the inside of the actual packet, would have a painted, effectively a painting of a planet, say a painting of a jungle planet or of um, a desert planet or something. Some sort of background Um, you could line them up in front of. Right, yeah. You could stand your character, your your stand-up characters on top of and imagine all sorts of interactive games. How many were in these packs? Like, obviously, not not in terms oh, of the rust. Four. So, uh, four, to, four to a pack. You had a pack of four. You, you'd have, there's one of the fourth Doctor and one of Sarah in what I think we tend to, to refer to as disco poses. I think it's possibly they, they saw a picture of Sarah and the Doctor running uh, and copied it off that. It looks as if there's a... Disco dancing in some 1970s funkorama. <laughs> well, the Doctor does have sort of flared trousers, doesn't he? Oh, no. Well, maybe he did. <laughs> so you'd, you'd, you'd theoretically get four of these stand-up figures from a set of 24. Mm-hmm. But, as I was saying earlier, mine always seemed to have a white robot in, any pack, in every pack. Now, I wouldn't have minded necessarily if that was a, a, a Cyberman in every pack. Mm-hmm. But a white robot, I had no idea in those days what a right, but white robot was. There was no internet then. There was no... Um, there were no DVDs. And there were not even any television companion books. I hadn't the faintest idea what white robots were. The equivalent of this, the modern equivalent, I'd say, is these uh, Doctor Who Titans figures. Have you seen these? They come blind boxed. So you just buy these little boxes and you pop them open and you might get a Doctor or you might get a companion or you might get a Dalek or whatever. And there are some figures where you'd be happy to get multiples, like Daleks and Cybermen. Great. If you have 10 of them, 100 of them, fantastic. But if you start getting like 100... I don't know, the guy from the Satan pit or something. I mean, what do you do with that? You know, that's, that's just nightmarish. These cars were catnip in the playgrounds of my youth. I don't entirely remember swapping cards with other kids, but kids across the UK appeared much healthier, as clearly they were all indulging in breakfast cereals. High five, a diet. Rather than snatching a piece of toast. Oh, of course. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> it's, across the UK, it suddenly became much more regular during the, the time of this promotion. Thanks to the Doctor. Um, Do you remember playing any games with them? Like with, with me growing up, you know, uh, football cards relating to rugby league, for example, were huge. And we'd have actual games we'd play with them, like flicks. Like we'd flick them towards a wall and the person who got their card closest to the wall would win and then take all the cards that had been flicked at the wall. Did you play any sort of games with them like that? I mean, and you say you didn't swap them, but were there any other sort of things you did with them with the kids? Rob, I was, I was a Doctor Who fan. I didn't have friends. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> no. Um... No, I wouldn't have... I doubt if I'd have taken them to school because I'd have been scared of losing them. Ah, so it was more just talking about them and such. Yeah, even after the first few um, attempts to make them stand up, I started thinking, if I do, if I keep doing this, they're going to fall apart very quickly. So I, I kept them as pristine as possible. No, it was, it was other people who used to bring them into school and we'd ooh and ah over them. Yeah, no, that's fair. You have memories of getting lots of white robots. Do you have memories of the other ones you would get a lot of or you wouldn't get many of or you'd never got a particular doctor or, or whatever the case might be? And the idea that there were perhaps four different designs of Daleks, but I can't guarantee that. Let me just check. There were th- yes, there were three Daleks. What's four divided by six? Uh, less than one. No, no, there were four. That's it. Four different Daleks. Uh, I did seem to get. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't. I didn't get many. I don't think I ever got an Alpha Centauri, which, um, as I was, I was nowhere near puberty at that time. Probably wouldn't have meant anything to me. Um, <laughs> but I did get uh, quite a few of these things. I couldn't, couldn't work out whether they're called Gelgards or Gelgards which I had no idea what they were. Um, am I thinking of gel guards? Am I thinking, no, I'm thinking of um, oh, the axons. Right. Which, yep. again, I hadn't the faintest idea what an axon was, even in those days. When was uh, when was the close of axos? That's got to be the second Pertwee season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it must be 71, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just about missed that, that uh, era of the show on TV. Now, I joke that a lot of these were, and with respect to the Mayor, Mr. Archer, they're the sort of thing where if I were to see them today on as a promotion, I would just probably smile and pass on without the slightest intention of indulging in it. Mm. But it was, this was, this was magic to us in those days. There was nothing else. Yeah, I mean, this is something that comes up a lot, not just on the Who Teaks Roadshow segments, but on the podcast in general, that growing up, even if you say, oh, look, growing up in the 80s, we mostly just had Target novels and, you know, there might have been mm. this bit of merchandise and maybe an Andrew Skillet calendar every now and then. There wasn't much at all. And I guess after Dalek Mania in the mid-60s, there was maybe a bit of a lull where there weren't many... Well, there weren't even many novels being made, but certainly not many uh, behind-the-scenes books or anything like that. I think there was a one book like that in the Pertwee era, which got reprinted during the Tom Baker era that was sort of a making of Doctor Who book or something along those lines. I'm, I'm hazy on it. Do you know the one I mean? I don't think I've ever seen it. Or if I have, I didn't realise it was called The Making of Doctor Who. <laughs> that might not be its title. <laughs> That's just my, my recollection of it, because my brother was pointing them out to me one day, and he said, oh... 
There's a Pertwee version of this and the Tom Baker version. They're essentially the same text, but the Pertwee one's really hard to get. The Tom Baker one you can get everywhere. And I was thinking, oh, okay. But aside from stuff like that, there really wasn't much out there. Yes, the making of Doctor Who. You I found it? that by Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk. There you go. Yes. Well thumbed, it would have been, until my sister's dog tore it to pieces one day when I was off at, oh, at school. Oh, no. It's terrible. But, yeah, stuff like that were only the only pieces of merchandise sort of out there. And I don't know whether fans today who grew up, grew up with all these character options figures and you can buy Tom Baker's replica scarf and bath soaps and <laughs> just anything. It really was, you know, there wasn't much around back then. I can't work out whether it was because I was so young or because it was the 70s or because there was nothing else even comparable around that made me think, oh, these are amazing, rather than, oh, these are a bit um, a bit cheap, aren't they? Mm. I suspect it was a, a combination of all three. <laughs> and then in 1976, there was... Well, 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 let's just skip over to 1977 before we go to 1977, this is clearly so successful that Weetabix did a second... Doctor Who promotion. Now this, for me, was the the really, really cool one because it had a red Dalek on TV advertising this promotion. Really? It was, oh, I don't know if it was actually Roy Skelton or anyone doing the voice, but it was, I mean, a, a proper one, not, you know, something that um, had been just thrown together in someone's shed, a proper Dalek. Mm. Um, was, was it a movie one or something? It may have been. I remember it being red all over, which suggests it wasn't a movie one, unless they'd painted it. Buy, get your Doctor Who cards with a special coded message from the Time Lords. Attention all Daleks. Look for these special Doctor Who packs of Weetabix. Each one has one of these four Doctor Who action games. Three of these stand-up figures and a secret message from the Time Lords. We must capture these special packs of Weetabix and exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. Collect the special Doctor Who Weetabix packs and enjoy your daily wheat while stocks last. Exterminate. This was... I was climbing the walls at home when this sort of thing was going on. Um, and for this time, instead of just being figures that you could move around on some painted diorama. It was it was based on um a game, a sort of snakes and ladders theory game where you know you wind your way around some course and you're you're either get, you know getting landing on something that says go back three spaces or land on something that says, you know, throw the dice again. This was glorious for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Where would you have been seeing these adverts? Of course the BBC famously advert free. Where where would you have seen that? Oh, well, occasionally. Um, I can't remember if it, was, if it was for a treat or for a punishment. We were allowed to watch commercial television. <laughs> <laughs> it, would been, it would have been on ITV, which was right. the um, the commercial network. Uh, would it have been? Yes. We still only had three channels in those days. And so you would have either... I don't know if it was on the back of the packet or on the inside of the back of the packet. You'd have a, a full-sized, so whatever the size of um, a 
a carton of cereal. It's the size of maybe slightly larger than the size of a an annual. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have this coloured game board. I think it was what was it? There's a travel through time, race through space, find discover the lost planet. That was another one. Um, escape from the underworld, which ought to have been really exciting because it's it was the only way. I think it had a Salurian in it. But of course, in those days, I had no idea what a Salurian was. I probably hadn't, hadn't got around to buying that book yet. And so with each, you'd have an op- option of three different, uh, four different games. And with each game, you would have three cards coming at you with a little plastic packet inside the, the serial game. And each game would have, there'd be three blank sp- squares somewhere along this sort of snakes and ladders course where you would, with a slot in, and you would stick one of these cards upright in the slot so that it almost became, uh, I would exactly go so far as say it became three-dimensional, maybe <laughs> two-dimensional, two-and-a-half-dimensional. But the, the best thing about these, compared to the 1975 promotion, is that the cards were so much cooler. You had a two-sided card, and on the first side there was a, a circle in the top half of the card, with a a, a, a painted headshot of whichever character it was, if it was um, you know Davros or whatever. I'll just check such such thrillingly orig- original characters as Vega Nexos from <laughs> uh, the Peloton, who was in it what, for what, about two minutes in the actual TV. Yeah. Law, oh. the Peloton King's royal champion. Oh, how exciting! And under that, there'd be a little square with a bit of, you know, basic info. Um, Vega Nexus is from a race of mining engineers or whatever. Did this artist chap have a thing for the Peladon stories? Because if you're saying, you know, Alpha Centauri was in the previous set and these characters, I mean, there's an awful lot of Doctor Who monsters to choose from, but they seem to be pulling from <laughs> a couple of stories. Well, what was different here is that the, in the previous promotion, there would be... I think four just separate cards. In this one, they were linked together as right. a row of three. And obviously they're perforated so that you could detach them. So you'd have a row of three, which on one side looked like I think there was <clears throat> there was actually a Peladon set. So you'd have Vega Nexus, then Agador, and then Blore. But if you turn them over to the other side, there'd be um a full size painted representation of that character of the same character with you know a painted background on and as the three were linked together it formed a single picture nice a panel yeah they 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 would all the the backgrounds all linked together so it would look as if it was a, a large picture three times as large of these three characters i think Possibly once he'd, he'd done Peladon, he lost. He may have lost half because you would then have perhaps a side of a, a Tardis with a Sunter and with Hieronymus no. from Mask of Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what kind of story you'd, you'd build from that. Hmm. <laughs> and at the bottom of these cards, it would say it would have a little phrase such as "Escaping the Tardis." Take two extra turns. Uh, the Zygons release the Loch Ness monster. Throw a one to move on. Right. Wounded by Field Major Steyer. Miss a go. 
I mean, this is this is really high tech stuff. This right, right. So it's building up a, a game, yeah. Oh, yes, it, it was glorious. Yeah. Um, again, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it has to be one of those games that you play with your sister because <laughs> I'm not having any friends. Do, what What do you recall about this in the playground? Was there as much buzz about it? You seem to like it more than the seventy five set. But what about in the playground? Well, seventy seven was around about the time it was the age at which um, I moved from junior school, well, junior school to senior school. Um, and so possibly it would, we would have been at that age where I was, I was perhaps more more keen to keep it to myself. Right. Because <laughs> lest I, for the, for the, <coughs> for the uh, you know, the fear time might appear to be uncool. So there might have been um, a class of 20 kids all obsessed with this but not not letting the any of the, the others know lest they appear uncool about it yeah yeah look we've all been there my first year of high school trial of a time lord was on so you know <laughs> i didn't really oh, want to stop making it. me feel old <laughs> oh I, actually it's a year later than the uk date it was it was 87 early 87 it was uh airing here so again again this was in the era when you had you mean you might have a Dalek bubble, a Dalek bubble bath? This was, mm. this was, this would be comparatively, and if all things, I think it's it's comparative. It would be comparatively a step up in excitement. <laughs> anyway, in between nineteen seventy five and seventy seven, was nineteen seventy six. Oh yes, there's <laughs> <laughs> no flies on you either. Typhoon T got in on the game with their own Doctor Who promotion. You get a. a normal box of tea bags um, in which you'd have, depending on the size of the box, one or two or four of the of these um, what they called space age shaped cards by which they meant it was rectangular but they slipped the corners off to make it, look, <laughs> to make it technically octagonal <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. I think it was Babylon Five or something like that. Used to when they, oh, whenever I'm... they had pieces of paper, they'd have the corners cut off yes. with to make it look sci-fi. Do you know, I've only watched about two episodes of Babylon Five, and not even that. It would only I would have put it switched off halfway through, and that's one of the main things I remember about it: the shape of the paper. <laughs> I've got I've got to stand up for Babylon Five here. The first season is a bit ropey, but gosh, seasons two, three, and four, wonderful. Five, take it or leave it. But two, three, and four, oh my god, it's great. Is it necessary to watch the first season to before you can watch the others? Not not hugely. Two, three, and four will tell you a great tale, but during the course of two, three, and four, something will happen that throws you back to oh yes, that happened in season one. Oh my god, and that's why that happened in season one. So. Uh, you kind of need to, but you don't really need to, if that's an answer. The problem is that with the advent of Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff like this, uh, there's, there's far too much TV for the amount of hours I've got in the day these yeah. days. Yeah, oh, look, I'm the same. <laughs> we're talking about Typhoon T, weren't we? Sorry. So these space, the fact that these cards were space-age-shaped space by having the corners snipped off barely made up for the fact that they were just a reproduced photo of, I think it was, uh, is it Sarah, was it one of them Sarah shooting a gun from Pyramids? I think it was possibly. Uh, let me just check. Uh, oh, yes, it was. Sarah shooting a gun. 
possibly possibly the, the worst photo of an ice warrior that has ever been taken. They chose that one. Um, and even on the back, where you might expect there'd be, you know, some excitingly worded bit of blurb about um, the ice warriors were a racer, whatever. It was just um, details of how to send off for what was really exciting about this, which was free book, which came with it. Although, if you can call for, call it free by being a, having to send off a pound in the post, the amazing world of Doctor Who. This was the the summit of cool uh, retail promotional offer merchandising for Doctor Who in the UK in those days. This was I'm flicking through it now, and I would think, oh dear, there's, there's not really much here to draw my attention. Mm. But in those days, it was it's like it's in a Doctor Who annual. Yeah, yeah. A year, uh, well, maybe six months early, rather than at Christmas. Um, with this book, you get a free wall chart on which you there were spaces to stick these cards, which I don't think I ever bothered with because they weren't again, they weren't that exciting really. But I know Amazing World of Doctor Who with specially commissioned uh, front cover artwork by Chris Achilleos, as I seem to recall. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of the stories in it were the, um, well, shall we say they weren't particularly thrilling. Um, were they offcuts for manuals of the time, perhaps? I don't know, really. But titles such as The Sinister Sponge. Oh, dear. The Vampires of Trillium, On the Slippery Trail. And these were interspersed with um, features on, let's say, the sea devils, surrounded by photos of them. Um, not too exciting now, but uh, a bit of a thrill then. Now, something I was going to say earlier, um, fans perhaps a, a little older than yourself would have warm memories of, I think, the Radio Times 10th anniversary special um, for Doctor oh, yes. Who yeah. with, with Pertwee on the cover. Was that a bit early for you? Because I know some people re- remember that very warmly as their first sort of reference book, as it were, uh, because it had some you know information about the series and, and so on, that stuff they would have never seen because they were too young back in the 60s. Or, or does your sort of Doctor Who interest in merchandise start around 75, so you just missed out on that by a couple of years, perhaps? Oh, I don't have an interest in merchandise, really. I have a very little... I've got occasional little Corgi TARDIS or miniature K9 about the size of a thumbnail on um, a shelf somewhere. But as far as merchandising goes, if you exclude from merchandising things like, you know, the novelizations and DVDs, I've not really got much. Well, that's very interesting. So in the mid-70s, these things were coming out, you were enjoying getting them, but then when you moved into adulthood, you sort of just went off merch altogether, it, it seems, apart from novels and such, which which I kind of count as merch, but I, I know what you mean, they're, they're sort of not it merch de- as well. It depends, really. It's the sort of thing were, for example, I had I got, I had the, um, the Pescaton's audio cassette and the Genesis... LP soundtrack for I think it was consecutive Christmases, which I suppose is is merchandising. I played those every night when I was in bed, but I don't think I ever considered them as merchandising because it's more sort of um, it's the story. I think of merchandising as more being 
you know, the toys and the little dolls and the figurines. Yeah, I've come to think of things like Target novels as merchandise, I think because of the 80s and there being a dearth of merchandise, they were the only things I could buy, so I'd sort of put them on a bookshelf in almost a display, like, here is yes. here is my Doctor Who stuff, you know, and, and they were just novels, you know, but that's all we had. See, the, 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 I know people who, who go in... I mean, Hayden, one of my co-podcasters, um, has got on his desk at home all the... Um, character options, I think they are the complete set of the Doctors but that wouldn't, it just doesn't interest me that sort of thing mm, yeah, no I know what you I mean I can't think why, it's not, it's not me thinking oh how pathetic, this is rubbish I'm, I'm above this sort of thing, it's just something that doesn't particularly float my boat unless it's like, oh my god that looks amazing yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more that way when I I mean I have that, I have the box set of Doctors, um probably which Hayden bought and then opened, I've kept mine in the box. And I look at it, I can turn around now and look at it on the shelf and I think, oh, it's up there in the box. And I never look at yeah. it. Why do I have it? And yet I feel that I needed to get it. It's 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 the conundrum of collectors, I guess. You know, you often buy stuff you don't really need. It's just coloured plastic. Um, <laughs> and I can I can probably see in the next decade me slowing down buying a lot of merchandise, I think. Um, you know, I still buy the odd thing, but I can see it slowing down. And, and I guess for some people, it never really got off the ground, like like yourself, for example. Well, we, uh, going back to what you said about the 10th anniversary Radio Times special, I can't believe I missed that. Because at the time, my parents ran a newsagent shop. So they must have, I don't think we ever got the Radio Times ourselves, but there must have been umpteen copies of it on their shelves. And I can't believe they didn't think... Oh, here's a, a, a Doctor Who related special. Let's put a, let's put a one aside for for Doc. <laughs> you almost said a different name then. Yeah, I was going to say you can see how twisted I become. They were already using my real name in there at that age. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, that was that was a be- that's a beautiful thing. That I've got a copy of it now that I managed to get hold of. Interesting, interesting. Well, look, out of the three things we've discussed tonight, what what would be your favourite? Hmm. <sighs> Well, the only one I've still got got a copy of, permittedly with a slightly dodgy spine at the moment, but then that's the same with me at my age, um, <laughs> is the the Typhoon offer. But the, for memorability, because I have to I have to consider the one that really hit home with impact were the Weetabix ones. Because mm. I remember when thinking about these Weetabix promotions, I was thinking, oh. Well, didn't they do one for tea bags as well? And I'd completely forgotten about this, despite the fact I had the... I must have forgotten where I got the Amazing World of Doctor Who book from. I must have just assumed it, it, you know, they must have sold them in the shop. But I would say for durability, and you know, it's really something... Oh, that, that was useful to get hold of that, the Typhoon one. For um, emotional, wistful memory... It would have been the second Weetabix promotion. It's really interesting to hear about this stuff from a from a decade where I well I was being born at the time you were collecting the first <laughs> set from a, from a decade that I only look back on through you know buying secondhand merchandise you know um, maybe the Tom Baker and Leela dolls for example from later in the seventies um, is an example very rare example yeah. of merchandise from that decade it's it's so interesting to hear about these things and you know kids at school 
um, you know, either trading them or even just talking about them. It's it's a completely um, alien experience to uh, to us down here. And clearly, the manufacturers aren't doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. They're doing it in the hope that we'll buy more Weetabix and drink more tea, and it completely worked. <laughs> I can remember, I can vividly have vivid memories of sitting at the breakfast table and trying to force down a third Weetabix purely <laughs> so that we could finish our box of Weetabix before before the offer ran out. Happy days. Happy, Happy very innocent days. Happy days. And on that note, I think that's a good note to uh, to end on. Thank you so much for joining us on Who Teaks Roadshow uh, tonight. Uh, Doc. Thanks, Rob. I almost called you by your real name then as well. <laughs> Hence the pregnant pause, which I'll take out in the edit. <laughs> Hi Hayden. Hayden, yes, yeah, it's, it's Doc. Yeah, I'm having to, you know, having to write Rob's own bloody script for him. It's disgraceful, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I'll put you back when we finish. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, quite. I, I deserve that. I deserve that. Okay. <laughs>